Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Fradenberg in the Gross Point office, and today we're going to be discussing ways to better communicate on money differences in relationships, as well as what is a normal relationship versus something that could constitute financial abuse where there's controlling behavior around money that is not healthy. And our guest today is Lynn Walsh, who is a limited licensed psychologist. And I asked her to be here today to help us cover this topic because she does work with couples and she specializes in building self-esteem and assertiveness, developing deeper insights into self and others, and strengthening communication in relationships. She also works with recovering from codependency and narcissistic abuse. So I thought that all of those things together really are, you know, great pieces of wisdom to share. Thank you so much, Lynn, for being here today. We're so happy to have you as a guest on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Now, it's probably safe to say that all couples at some point have disagreements over finances, whether it's on how things are spent, how much is being saved, big purchase items is another one that that people kind of butt heads on. But when it comes to the finances, if you could share with us behaviors or situations that you come across that maybe are red flags for something a little bit more serious. What would be a red flag would be if you are the person who doesn't handle the finances and you ask about it or or you you know you you want to know something and the other person is withholding you know or isn't transparent about you know uh, how many bank accounts you have how much money are in those bank accounts you know what your investment profile looks like etc it it kind of it comes down to a relationship usually that has other elements of control, power struggle and control. Yes, that's so interesting. There's probably other issues there of control, which would be a red flag to maybe um, how controlling the partner is with the finances as well. You know, the case, but you know, that there's usually someone who's kind of the money nerd and someone who's sort of the, I don't want to know, just keep me posted. The thing that's tricky is that there's a wide variation from normal to problematic. Absolutely. So, and, it, and it's like, I think the question, and I think we're talking about here and trying to help people understand is what's normal or what is healthy for my particular relationship and what is problematic, you know, exactly. you know, if we're trying to answer the question of, you know, say you're in a relationship, um, you know, a, a relationship in which, you know, you have some interdependence with that person regarding finances. So you're in that relationship and you're wondering, is this a healthy, you know, is this aspect of the relationship healthy, the, the financial part of it? Sometimes what's why that's difficult to answer is that there's no one, you know, cut and dried, this is right, this is wrong, you know, for everyone, you know, everybody has a different sort of relationship. So 
one way I think to kind of understand that and to look at your own situation and decide if it's if if you if it's healthy for you or if it's working for you is are there other elements of control in the relationship? You know, are there other areas where someone uh, is tends to be controlling? And you know what? How I define controlling. Part of how I define controlling is: is there something that you're being asked to do, or forced to do, or coerced to do that you don't feel you have an input into? You know that you don't feel like you have a voice in the conversation about it. So, if that's housework, if it's child rearing, if it's sex, I mean. You know, if it's relationships with friends and family, you know, if you don't feel like you have a voice, you know, when you articulate what you would want, what your preferences are, what work for you, if it's not part of a conversation in which you're listened to and what's kind of constructively worked through, if there's unilateral decisions around any of those things, that's not a healthy relationship. That's a great uh, red flag right there to help identify because I think some people don't know, you know, what the definition. And when I work with couples, even healthy relationship couples, I always say I want my goal is for both people to feel listened to and heard. And you just said that. And that is that is so important. You may not have the same opinion on something and you may have to compromise. But I think in an unhealthy relationship where one person doesn't feel that their voice counts as much or is counts at all would be an indication that maybe there is a problem. Understanding of what you have, you know, um, what you can spend is in itself to, to have that knowledge and to feel empowered and to feel like you are part of the decision-making process in a partnership is one of the very best things that you can do for your own uh, sense of self-esteem. So, you know, from the perspective of, as you know, I'm a therapist and, and so, you know, people come in with all kinds of goals, but, you know, always, you know, a, a goal should be to, to feel empowered, to feel you have a sense of agency, um, to feel good about yourself, your self-esteem. And, a fantastic thing that I've seen is women who are in this situation where they're, you know, sometimes they don't end up separating from the relationship. They just, they need to feel like they have a voice or they need to feel like there is some equitability in some of these major areas. And so, you know, being able to understand going to your partner and saying, look, you know, I don't understand. Uh, tell me what, what is, what's our, you know, what, when can we retire or what, or, or actually even better is to say, I would like to retire or us to retire at this point. And here's what I would like that to look like. You know, here's what I want our post-retirement life to look like. What do we need to do to make that happen? Um, You know, to be able to have that voice and to articulate those things, which typically when the person who is not in charge of the money or the finances, they don't necessarily feel like they can um, make their, you know, they, they can have, uh, requests or wishes about, you know, what they do, where they go on vacation, how much they spend, how often they go out to dinner, what kind of car they buy, you know, things like that. And when you don't feel like you have much of a voice in that, it's very disempowering and it's really not good 
for your self-esteem overall. And it does contribute to things like anxiety and depression. And those rates of anxiety and depression in women are always higher typically than they are in men. So this is, that's another reason um, to, you know, kind of step outside of your comfort zone. If you can uh, talk to your partner about it, unless it is a, an abusive situation, let them know, say, Hey, you know, I'd like to, you know, or, or let's be, you know, let's be a team on this, you know uh, you know, so those things are good in general for feeling like you do have that equitability in the relationship, which tends to uh, reduce power struggle type dynamics and actually can keep the relationship healthier. But in general, it's also better for a person's self-esteem to feel like they have agency, uh, you know, in their, in their lives. I love that. And it's so true. I can absolutely relate to that. Having been the person that stayed home with the kids and sort of uh, removed myself from the financial side of things in my relationship. And I was never um, kept in the dark purposely or in an abusive way. But it does, there is a dynamic where you feel sometimes that if you're not involved in the finances, at least with those decisions, that you are being controlled, right? Or that you have less control than your partner, I should say. Um, And I absolutely felt that way. It's one of the reasons I went back to work and, you know, went back to my career. You know, if you look at your relationship as the whole picture, let's say you're wondering like, oh, do I, do I feel comfortable with, you know, what I, what I know about the finances in the relationship I'm in is look at the picture of your whole relationship. You know, is it generally healthy? Are all most domains of the relationship healthy as far as communication? Um, you know, are conversations had about, you know, do, can people articulate in the, in the relationship? Can each person articulate uh, what their thoughts and feelings are? And are those thoughts and feelings listened to, heard, and responded to uh, with openness and consideration? I mean, we're not going to always agree on what to spend money on. I mean, period. And you don't, you should never have that fantasy that that's how it <laughs> The fantasy. <laughs> It really is. I mean, sometimes it happens, you know, sometimes you're, you know, you, whatever, but for the most part, you know, a healthy financial relationship isn't where people don't ever have conflict or, or don't ever disagree on what to spend money on. We're human beings. And if you have the same opinion as your partner all the time, something is wrong, (laughs) you know? You should have a somebody's probably not giving their actual opinion. If that That seems to be the case, (laughs) that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So to be able to articulate what you think, how you feel, ask questions, be responded to in a respectful, compassionate manner, you know, that's what a healthy relationship would look like. I mean, I like the idea of having a weekly, you know, let's touch base, you know, maybe like you would with what's going on with the kids in school. You know, sometimes you have one partner, if there's one person who primarily works outside the home and one person who primarily stays in the home, the person who stays in the home is going to say, well, you know, this happened at school and here's what's going on with, you know, doctor's appointments and, uh, you know, activities and, you know, not to, I'm not trying to be gender specific about it, but, you know, um, they'll gonna, they're going to update the person who's working 60 hours a week, you know, who's, who's not plugged into that. So you do it both ways. You have a check-in, what's going on with the kids, what's going on with the house, what's going on with health, what's going on with our, you know, money-wise, anything different this month, you know, da-da-da. In addition to, like, I'd say, like, biannual kind of 
bigger sit downs, maybe with your financial planner or even a phone call, you know, seeing if you're on track for your long-term goals. Yeah. And I do want to mention that as well, even just including or offering for your spouse to come. If you are the person handling finances, you are the person with the relationship with your financial advisor, invite the other partner to come with you. One way I would put this to a couple sitting in front of me who are coming in for couples therapy and, you know, the topic of finances and money comes up. Ask yourself if my, you know, lovely partner wasn't sitting here starting tomorrow, am I like ready to hit the ground running knowing what's what in regards to our finances? Yeah. I recommend for people that are a little bit shy of bringing up that conversation, you can use something as an example, you know, somebody I know passed away and their spouse passed away and they didn't know what to do. And it concerns me. Um, Can we talk about this? And, And it's a good way my daughter always does that. My 13-year-old will bring up hypotheticals when she wants to talk about something, you know, herself. <laughs> you know, my friend, you know, and it's it's often I'll catch her too. I'm like, you're this is totally made up. But yeah. what do you want to ask me? Whatever makes it easier to have the conversation. You know, what I would say too is that there's one thing that no person should ever feel in general, but certainly in a relationship, there shouldn't be an area of your life in which you feel blind or helpless. I like that. Yeah. So you can say each person in the, in the relationship doesn't matter who or what their role is, but ask yourself in the domain of our finances, do I feel adequately empowered or do I feel helpless? And you want to feel adequately empowered. That doesn't mean you're in control. It means you want to feel empowered and there is a difference. So Um, you know, that would be if I'm having a conversation with a couple who just is, let's say they're planning on cohabitating or getting married and they want to go into it, you know, sort of, um, with, you know, a plan for success, which I do recommend, you know, premarital type counseling, um, just to kind of see where each person is at, but, you know, is to say, okay, what's going to help you feel empowered in the areas of money, um, children, sex, spending, da, 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 all these different areas. Money is the one I think where it becomes a power struggle very easily because it's more than, a, you know, it's about so much more than, than money. It's about um, autonomy. And even though, even if we're in really wonderful, healthy relationships, of course, everyone wants a sense of autonomy and that's healthy. Um, so it's good to kind of be able to uh, if the more insight you have about your relationship, the other person, um, you know, always good. But yeah, I would say I would pinpoint it to ask yourself, do I feel empowered? Do I feel helpless? Definitely. Now you touched on it when you said, I think your quote was one, it reminded me, I don't know if you watch, I'm going to reveal here that I watch um, reels, like Instagram reels. Oh but my God. Like, okay. Okay. Like, I don't know if this is just a thing. This is my like rabbit hole that I get stuck in sometimes when I'm not working, but um, they have the one where like you mentioned, like one person's the finance nerd and one person's the fun yeah. one. Like, isn't that the, where they have one? Oh one, yeah. One and the, like, There's one person one. who's boring and one person who's crazy. Yes. I'm going to, we just have a new Instagram page for Pearl planning. So I want to do like, one's the spender, one's the, yeah. <laughs> like, or one's the like money nerd. Um, yeah. 
maybe if, if you, I think realizing that you're, you have differences in money mindset um, is probably one of the first steps. Any tips for people who um, are like that? They, you know, other than that, their marriage is happy. They get along, but when it comes to their, you know, different ideologies on spending or saving or, or things they want to purchase um, or might be important to them, ways to communicate better on that? So I think acknowledging your personality style, you know, if you're the, if you're the, I put it this way, I'm not the money nerd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm the opposite of the money nerd. Yeah. Um, you know, but acknowledge your core personality and as a strength because you're a team. So, you know, it's good to have one person who can bring one thing and one person who can bring another thing, acknowledge that you're different, be able to, you know, hopefully make fun of it or have, you know, take it lightly. It doesn't have to be a source of conflict, but be able to still have open conversations. I mean, encourage the open conversations. If one person is more of, uh, you know, knows more about what's going on financially, makes sense to defer to that person. If one person knows more about what's going on with kids, school, home life, et cetera, defer to that person. You know, they're the expert in in that part of your life. And, and the finance person or the money nerd is in, you know, the expert in that part. But you are a team. So to approach issues with money, let's say uh you, you know, there's a conversation about buying a new house. One person That's is what less I can money. relate to. <laughs> Yeah. One person, you know, find a house. Like, let's say you're looking for a house and you find a house and it's everything you ever dreamed of, but it's a little bit over the top of what you earmarked as your budget, as opposed to looking at it, like one person is saying like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care, you know, and the yeah. other person's like, eh, I don't know, you know, this is going to mean this for retirement or college is instead of it becoming a source of conflict, recognize that you're on the same team. And the house is on the other side. You know, the house is the thing that you as a team are coming together to see, like, how can we achieve this goal? Uh, like if you're trying to climb Mount Everest and you're on a climbing team, you're you're helping each other. That's how you get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. So how do we make this work? Yeah. So if you can see whatever the goals might be, uh, and, and, and you have to know what the short-term goals are in relation to the long-term goals. Because if the long-term goal is we want to retire at 50, then a short-term goal of, you know, I want to uh, buy a private jet, that might not fit in. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you know? those things just don't work. It's not about communicating. It's about this is a pipe dream. Yeah. And I'm, I'm using hyperbole just to yeah. kind of make it light and whatever. But um, But to see the money goals as like, you know, you are on the same side. So whatever is it is that you're talking about vis-a-vis -vis finances, you know, it's just remember that you're on the same team, but you each bring uh, different, you know, different qualities and different strengths and utilize those together. Right. You know, you're not in conflict. You don't have to be, uh, it's not me, you know, me against you and, and that sort of thing. I like that. You're not in conflict. So and that is, I'm going to kind of wrap it together here, the idea of um, coming together on your goals. So each person's goal might be different and share your goals with each other, figure out how, how both people can be happy. And, you know, whether it's buying a house in a certain location or retiring in a certain location, 
making sure you're on the same team with a financial plan and really um, working towards the same direction is so important. And that's what financial planning is all about. Certainly something that can help in this situation. So if you are on different pages and need some help coming together, um, certainly I'm happy to help with that. And if you are either in a relationship that maybe there is a power struggle there or you're questioning whether it's healthy or unhealthy, then Lynn would be the person to help with that. <laughs> so I would be very happy to. And I, you know, it's, it's actually, people are intimidated. Often they think going to therapy means that something is wrong. That's absolutely not the case. When you decide to, uh, you know, see a, a therapist for a little bit of couples counseling, whether it's long-term or short and targeted, it's just the same as if you, you know, go hopefully go to your physician once a year and get a checkup or you exercise to keep yourself healthy. So, um, so yeah, so that would be, you know, I think it, it really does help people learn better communication styles and, you know, whether it's in regard to money or, or, or anything else. Perfect. Well, you have an office in Grosse Point Park. People can meet with you virtually or in person in your office. That's right. I'm in the West Park and uh, I've been there for about three years. I do see people uh, on telemedicine. You know, it's generally up to their preference, but, you know, I'm available and I have an online scheduling platform that I'm happy to email anybody who is interested in making an appointment with me. So I'll put a link in the show notes for this podcast to your scheduling yes. and um, also, but how to get in contact with you, more information on who you serve and what um, working with you would look like. And that way, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel this may apply to you and you might need some help in this area, whether it is financial based issues or just relationship issues, or there's not a huge issue. You want to keep the communication open. I love how you mentioned that it doesn't necessarily need to be broken or there's a problem. Certainly reach out to Lynn and um, Lynn, I really appreciate your time today, sharing your wisdom with us here on this podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.